Welcome to Inside Out Leadership. I'm your host, Rob Holman. I am so thrilled that you took time out of your busy schedule to spend with me to talk about, to engage in, to learn how to become a much more effective leader, not from the outside trying to get in, but more from the inside so it works itself out. Now, we all know this, that for years now, there's been a major employee engagement problem. In other words, not just employees and team members, but the leaders that lead those team members are disengaged. There's lack of meaningful purpose and passion infused into what they do day in and day out. Now, a lot of leaders know that there's a major problem and they're putting a lot of money to try to solve that problem. It's reaping some decent rewards, but more in the short term, not with the long-term vibrancy and sustainability that they're looking for. As a matter of fact, in the United States alone, over $500 billion is spent trying to cope and deal with that issue. So here's what I'm all about. As opposed to outward techniques and tactics and strategies trying to get into the heart and the mind of the worker, why not start at the heart of the worker so really good and vibrant things begin to work itself out and can positively impact those within our sphere of influence. I call this inside out leadership. And you know, I achieve results with this philosophy and my inside out leadership principles with a simple three-pronged approach. Personal leadership, which radiates to outward team leadership, which paves the way to a thriving organization all based on trust and built from the inside out. If you want to know more about this inside out approach, I've written three books on the personal leadership front, lead the way on the team leadership front, all in. And then most recently about a thriving culture and influencing a culture, move the needle, go on Amazon, look up the books, love to have those continue to encourage you and help you practically. Thank you so much. As 2022 comes to a close, I wanted to bring up a very timely, valuable topic that I think you're going to find very enlightening, very encouraging, and very practical. And it has to do with the area of perspective. Now, have you ever come across an article, a book, or perhaps even talked to someone that's using language pertaining to an area of your life that you've been living and leading out of, but you haven't had the language for it? And all of a sudden you read this thing or you talk to this person and, and they're expressing it in such a way you're like, ah, you got it. Was well, I read this Harvard Health Publishing article called An Outlook Better Than Optimism, I was like, yeah, they get it and they're putting language behind what I've been experiencing for quite some time. So I want to share some of that insight, some of the practical guidance and encouragement that I believe will help you wrap a bow on 2022 and ignite and inspire you for an amazing new year ahead. Enjoy. Okay, I want to get right down to it. Is the glass half empty or is it half full? This is a conversation we've been having for years. Of course, not just on this podcast, but leaders and people have been having it all over the world for quite some time. And some people would raise their hand if they're completely honest and say, you know, I, I'm a bit of a pessimist. I believe it's half empty. And, and others, I, I believe it's half full. And then there's always interesting conversation in the midst of the conversation with individuals saying, well, I'm just thankful there's a glass. Or something I've been known to say 
that I believe it's always overflowing. Regardless of your perspective on life, on leadership, on yourselves, on those around you, do you view yourself a bit more of a pessimistic person or an optimistic person? Think of it this way. A pessimistic person typically has a viewpoint that expects the worst in any given situation. Whereas an optimistic person anticipates a favorable outcome for the future. So let's say something challenging happens. The pessimistic person typically says, I told you so. And the optimistic person says, tomorrow will be a brighter day. Well, who's right? Perhaps it's not as much about right and wrong, but letting our reality inspire our future. It's one thing to think positively about our future and another thing to be inspired by reality. This is what Ronald Siegel says. As I said in the opening, I was inspired by an article I read. And this article was from Harvard Health Publishing back in February 2021, where it was entitled, An Outlook Better Than Optimism? And Ronald Siegel, who happens to be an assistant professor of psychology, part-time at Harvard Medical School and medical editor of the Harvard Special Health Report, Positive Psychology, he gives tremendous insight in this article and gets very, very practical. So I want to share some of these things with you. But before we do that, I can't help but think in that quote that Ronald Siegel says, it's one thing to think positively about your future and another to be inspired by reality. I can't help but think, in steps, present thinking. You see, when we're anchored in a present reality, in other words, acknowledging our real-time feelings, while at the same time committed to living in a state of gratitude, what I like to say, looking for the good regardless of your circumstances, it naturally paves the way for a favorable outcome. Now, here's what I mean by this. Many of us have been to our fair share of memorial services, death of a loved one, family member, friend, extended family member, neighbor, community member, you name it. And the pastor or officiant, when they kickstart off that memorial service, say, we're all here to celebrate the life of so-and-so. And so there's a part of that celebration. And that's why I like to say that that's more of the optimistic side. But then there's the other side when we go to memorial service and that same officiant or pastor happens to say, and we're going to be, we're also here today to grieve, to work through our emotions and our feelings because we miss our heart aches for this person that is no longer here with us. I believe that has to do with more what people would say, pessimistic thinking, pessimistic thinking for this conversation's sake. I, I think it, 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 we need to be anchored in how we really feel. When there's a challenging situation, when there's problems at hand, we need to really acknowledge, be honest about how we really feel and why we feel. But at the same time, if we camp out there too long and work through those emotions and become obsessed with those negative emotions or what some would call negative emotions, then we can find ourselves swinging, swimming in negativity and it can be really difficult to get out. Matter of fact, there could be a downward hill spiral that begins to occur. And next thing you know it, we have a perspective like when it rains, it's poor, it pours. I guess everything around me can't go right. 
But we need to spend the necessary time to absorb, to acknowledge our feelings and our emotions. Now, optimism is more like the celebration. We need to celebrate the life of such and such. And it's great because we need to have a positive outlook and we need to know that there's going to be a brighter day regardless of where we find ourselves or how difficult or challenging our life is, our leadership is, our set of circumstances are. But if we just camp out there and we bypass how we really feel, we're providing ourselves and others a bit of false hope. Wouldn't you agree? I believe there's a place for both. In and through the acknowledgement of how we really feel, at the same time infusing gratitude in the midst of how we really feel and being intentional and consistent with that gratitude, I believe it's the best of both worlds. And in this place where we acknowledge how we really feel, we infuse gratitude in the midst of all of it, this is what presence and present thinking is all about. It's marrying the two together. And when we learn that this matters and we embrace it and we begin moving towards it, it naturally paves the way for a favorable outcome. The same way, getting back to the memorial service illustration, the same way that as a pastor or officiant helps us wrap our arms around both of these realities of how we really feel and being celebratory in the midst of it, I think most of us could really say, yeah, in memorial service where I felt it, I absorbed it, and I was still optimistic and celebratory in the midst of it, this is when we can really be present with ourselves and those around us. Okay, so getting back to this Harvard Health Publishing article, an outlook better than optimism? The following steps... Siegel says the following steps can help you gain the confidence to cope with uncertainty. First, take refuge in the present moment. Remember that the future doesn't exist yet. We only have thoughts about it. Siegel says, bring attention to the present moment. The sun is shining. The trees have lost their leaves. You can walk. Bring your attention to what's here right now, says Siegel. How are you doing with taking refuge at the present moment right now? On a scandal, scale of one to 10, one being like, you are doing horribly with it, and 10 being like, you are so on point with it. Where do you lie today? The second area that Siegel brings up, forge safe social connections. Having a good support system of friends and family helps us cope with life's ups and downs. Siegel says, rather than deluding ourselves with optimism or pessimism, we can cultivate relationships so that when good things happen, we have people to celebrate with. And when bad things happen, we can comfort each other. Well said. So on a scale of one to 10, how are you doing with forging safe social connections? The third area that Siegel brings up, identify with something larger than yourself. Broaden your connection to all life, humanity, nature, the planet, when you identify with something much more enduring than a current situation, you get beyond the need to cling to one particular outcome, Siegel says. So how are you doing with identifying yourself with something larger than you on a scale of one to 10? The fourth and final area is find meaning in life. The final pathway to having faith to cope with uncertainty 
is finding meaning in life, something that matters to you. The source of meaning is different for everyone and it can change throughout our life. But how about for you? Siegel says, on a scale one to 10, how are you currently doing with finding the meaning in life? Well, I'll tell you, as I was greatly encouraged and inspired by reading that article, I couldn't help but share it with you. And if you take the time to reflect on those four areas to see and to get a temperature read on how you're doing, I think it's greatly, greatly going to help you have a perspective that matters and be more of a present thinker. And I want to leave with you this final question. In the next 30 days, what is one specific action step you can take to be more of a present thinker? What a way to end 2022. I'm a firm believer that how you end one year is how you begin the next. So why not end it with a time of reflection, with perhaps an action step in the next 30 days that'll have you off and running in a positive direction as it relates to becoming that much more of a present thinker. People are waiting all around you. Don't wait any longer. Blessings on a wonderful end of 2022 and an even brighter 2023.